apologize partly a little bit, I guess, for the hiatus, man. But it was just too many, um, you know, moving parts and um, like in the world, uh, society, so many different things going on. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I brought back the focus of this podcast to pertinent issues. So, um, going forward, you probably will hear me talk less about political party or, or, um, candidates for that matter, and really talk about, um, things that have happened or things that are happening or different issues that, um, you should be concerned about and act upon in your state, district, jurisdiction, or whatsoever. Um, With that being said, um, short podcast to get back going. We're going to talk about some problems up here in the Northeast um, with the MTA, Amtrak, and New Jersey Transit. Um, We're going to talk about Alabama and um, their refusal to follow DOJ orders and Supreme Court orders to draw another predominantly black um, voting district. And we'll close with Texas and just um, just the humanity that's being the humanity, inhumanity, excuse me, and um, hypocrisy that is currently going on um, down there. But like I said, let's start with the MTA. So there was a plan drawn up. Okay, let me start with this. The only reason that this issue with the MTA, MTA, Amtrak, and New Jersey Transit exists right now is because of former Governor Chris Christie. There was a project called the Arch Tunnel Project, totally paid for by the federal government, would have made, um, you know, train service easier um, going under the Hudson. Um, and, And it would really eliminate what I'm about to talk about. But he decided that since the, um, the whole plan was initiated by his predecessor, I believe it was Governor Corzon, that it was uh, a waste of money, you know, a, a, a government uh, a sugar daddy project and all this other nonsense that he brought up. And he basically shut it down and, and kept the federal funds. So um, let's just start there. But they had a, a plan in place that would have made um, transit easier um, going in and out of Penn Station is the trouble spot because you have the MTA, you have Amtrak, and you have New Jersey Transit, and they all want to maintain whatever control that they have 
at that hub. Um, there have been talk of plans of moving Madison Square Garden closer to um, the Hudson River um, on the west side. Um, that's been going back and forth or whatever. And what I didn't know was that Madison Square Garden had been moved like three other times. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I fucking gonna move a whole like arena, like one of the most world famous arenas. But I found out that it's been moved three other, three prior times in the past. So, but getting back to what I was talking about. So, they had a plan in place, and it would have it would have eliminated a lot of problems. It would have made um, traffic, I guess, what is it, commuter commuter traffic flow um, way more smoothly. Whether you're coming in from out of state on Amtrak, or whether you're on using the MTA and you're on the subway, or whether you're coming from Jersey via um, New Jersey Transit, and I, and I guess the plan was like $3 billion, but because none of the three agencies won't agree to give up a little bit of control, um, the plan that's currently in place is now $13 billion, meaning that it'll cost the taxpayers and commuters of the tri-state and those who travel through here, we all have to pick up that extra tab. And that's on top of the fares going up at the bridges, tunnels, subways. And I believe next May, they're implementing a congestion tax in Midtown Manhattan. And I believe it's like anything south of like 59th Street or, or whatever. Um, you're you're basically paying a toll to drive there. Now that's after paying about twenty dollars to come through whatever way you're coming, whether it's the Holland Tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel, or George Washington Bridge, or whether you're coming in through Staten Island and Brooklyn on the Verrazano. No matter how you're coming, or, or I guess the toll will be at the Outer Bridge on the Verrazano, or basically be free. Um, you know, um, going from Staten Island into Brooklyn or whatever. But then you're going to have to pay another toll to get into Manhattan anyway. So basically, it's already a dub to get into the city. And then they're going to tax cars, trucks, or whatever if you go into mid into Midtown, um, basically during certain times or whatever. So... Here we have uh, obvious and I won't say deliberate, but like it's a childish waste of money, you know, with this tug of war or, or whatever. And at the end of the day, they're still raising um, the cost no matter which way you travel. And they can't even show that they can properly manage themselves and work cooperatively with um, other um, other organizations for the greater good of the people. 
So um, my people listening from, you know, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, um, you know, even even Pennsylvania to some extent or whatever, um, just keep an eye on what's going on um, with Amtrak, New Jersey Transit, and the MTA, especially when it comes to Madison Square Garden and Penn Station. Um, that's really big on what they de- what they finally decide to do in regards to whether they're going to keep Madison Square Garden at its current location and mix, leave it, you know, as part of that transit hub, or, or are they going to move Madison Square Garden um, a few blocks to the west and have Penn Station stand alone as simply just a um, transit hub? So. Um, I'll, um, you know, I'll follow up on the story when more news is available. All right. All right. Let's go to Alabama. So the Supreme Court ruled that Alabama must draw another predominantly black voting district to have a total of two. Um, and once again, this is mandated DOJ. Um, then it was, you know, confirmed by the by the by the Supreme Court. Well, the state of Alabama basically refused to follow those orders and basically have just added more people to the one district that they have. And they're basically saying, you know, we're going to do what we want to do and sue us. And, you know, the DOJ will probably win and ultimately the second district will be drawn but people don't understand that these are just delay delay tactics. And even if there's not a national um, election, there'll be several state and local elections in which which black voters and black people will be adversely affected because the current status quo will remain in place until um, a final decision can come down and sanctions are dropped so severely that will force the state to comply with these federal orders. But until then, you know, there's going to be a bunch of, um, you know, legal wrangling back and forth. And it just continues a long history of racism and black um, voter suppression um, in the state. Um, and, and I bring this up, man, because recently there's just been a lot of attacks on the DOJ. Now, now be clear, like the DOJ has definitely been a right-leaning and white-leaning um, organization. But any time that there has been progress or any type of real justice for black people, it has come from the Department of Justice and very seldom from the states where the states probably refused or hung jury or whatever. It's always been federal charges that have been the ones that, that have stuck. So when, when I see all these attacks, especially from the right on the DOJ, simply because um, you know Donald Trump is being um, prosecuted, it's just crazy to me. Um, Let's be clear. Let's let's just talk about the things that he 
the things that he did that brought up the charges that he's currently um, been indicted for. Let's just go to Georgia. We heard the phone call. He got on the phone with the Georgia Secretary of State, I believe it was Brad Raffensperger, and asked him to find 11,000 votes for him. We, we heard the phone call. But then, to take it even further, he um, acquired the services, for lack of a better word, of a couple of state legislature, legislators, <laughs> excuse me, um, to cook up a, a fake um, elector, a fake elector scheme, like they tried to do in Arizona and like they tried to do in Michigan or whatever. And, that, and, that, and that's just part of what he did in Georgia. Let's go to New York. Ever since the beginning of time, when there's been crime and there's been like a hierarchy, like where there's like a boss, an underboss, and so on down the line or whatever, anytime somebody told on the big guy, the big guy went down. Michael Cohen went to prison for doing work for Donald Trump and somehow he goes to prison, but Donald Trump is like, you know, it's like, nah, you know, we, we can't mess with him or whatever. No. On top of that, a judge ruled that he raped a woman. <laughs> like, um, I, I, I don't understand how we can sit back and just allow attacks on the DOJ to the point to where Congress is now trying to attack, well, the, the GOP portion of Congress is trying to attack DA Fannie Willis down in Georgia just because she indicted Trump and 19 other people. It's so bad to the point that they're asking for the Republican governor to come out and publicly speak out against this fake and phony um, investigation and basically just a political and racist attack on a black um, district attorney for doing her job. She the same woman who prosecuted a whole bunch of black teachers in that cheating scandal and got them basically all to plead guilty She's the same woman that's currently prosecuting um, Young Thug and, and, and that whole team or whatever. So she is someone that is simply doing her job. And it, it so happened that he committed a crime in and against the state of Georgia, and he's been indicted for it. And... Um, more people got to get over like this love affair with, with old boy, you know, it was more money out there. Yeah, because it was stimulus money out there and it was more money out there and people were spending less money because there wasn't a lot of places you could spend money. 
So long as, you know, your your rent, car payment, and those things were, were good or whatever, you know, your travel wasn't the same, you know, like a bunch of things changed or whatever. He didn't he didn't do anything good for for anyone except rich people. He didn't even do anything good for his supporters. Not the working class ones. It was a good ride, you know. We got it was a lot of money out there, but it was it was stimulus and, and, and COVID money and, and unemployment and, and and enhanced unemployment, and that went on for over a year. So, you know, he he didn't he wasn't just signing checks and, and, and sending and sending dough out there or, or whatever. And, and I was glad that people was, was able to cake up, especially like um, those women who had kids who got <coughs> an extra bump per child, and, you know, and all that, whatever, man. It, you know, <coughs> from that standpoint, <coughs> it was a good time. But this had nothing to do with with anything he did or any of his policies, no matter how much he insisted on, on signing signing those checks or, or, or whatever, man. So um, we need to allow the DOJ and Merrick Garland and um, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith, um, um, Fonnie Willis, um, Alvin Bragg, you know, all the different prosecutors, um, we need to allow them to do their job. I ain't want to talk about what he did down in, in, um, in Mar-a-Lago and now the groundskeeper, or I, no, I think he was like the building manager of Mar-a-Lago that had first made a false statement, but then got a objective lawyer to go in and advise him on what was his risk or whatever, and he acquired new counsel, retracted his original story, and basically gave up all the goods on top of the fact that they thought they destroyed videotape evidence and they didn't. So they got tape of them basically carrying boxes through a tunnel to where they was trying to stash um, the classified documents. So it's not only that he's been indicted, it's pretty much that the evidence is enough to hang him or whatever. Like he shouldn't still be getting um, the type of fanfare he get, he got. It shouldn't have been a hundred motorcycles rolling him in to, um, to turn himself in for a felony. Like, you know, like, like to me, after you've been indicted for a, a felony, former president or not, you, you, you should lose some of your secret service protection and some of the perks of being the ex-president. So um, I don't want to get too far on him because we'll, we'll be talking more about his cases and his indictments on, on, a, on a future episode or, or whatever. But pay attention to what's going on in, in Alabama. Um, like I said, basically the state is saying, no, we want to keep 
the um, racist voting maps the way they are, and we don't care what the DOJ said, and you know we don't care that ultimately we might have to comply. We'll go ahead and have some more elections. We'll strengthen our hold on the state government, and we'll still make it hard as hell for um, black and poor people in our state. So that's where they at with it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Texas, their crazy um, idiot governor, Abbott. And, I, you know, you, you shouldn't name call or whatever, but, I mean, he's just a, a mean individual. Um, so we had these temporary buoys that basically serve as temporary borders out along the Rio Grande. Um, river, and I guess on the shallow parts, getting stuck here, my bad. So that people trying to cross the river at that part will have to then swim out to the deeper parts. Is barbed wire attached to the attached to these buoys? Um, some have already been stuck to the bob wires, and we know that at, le at least one has drowned to the point to where both the DOJ and the Mexican government are suing the state of Texas for um, these illegal, um, this illegal border and these illegal practices, and it's just mean-hearted. Now, be clear. I, I believe that people that are coming from Central America and coming through Mexico are jumping the line, cheating the system, and it's unfair to all Americans what, what they're doing. Um, there's a conflict going on in, in Nigeria and Africa right now. I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people in that country that would like to take refuge here in America or whatever. But their choice is to go to the embassy and apply for asylum and go through the proper channels. And um, sometimes they can be on that list for years um, before they even get an answer, you know, yes or no. Not just, oh, they're on the list for years and then they'll get approved and, you know, find a sponsor here and so on and so forth. No. That, like, it'll be in limbo for years, and then they can still be told, nah, um, we, we're not going to approve it or whatever. A lot of these people, whether it's approved or not, you think they're going back? You know? Um, they're going to, you know, um, like, it, it's a situation in New York where they're, where they're, they're trying to um, expedite approving work, work permits for a, a, a lot of the, the migrants. And, and, and my thing is, like, nothing has been officially approved for them to legally even be here. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be housed and fed and, took, and taken care of, but they shouldn't be allowed to go and be a part of American society until a decision has been made, just like people from places that don't have a geographic advantage and 
a poor, uh, a, a, a very large, porous border. And um, that that's where I'm, I'm at with that. So even though I feel like the governor is being mean and inhumane to the point to where one of his own border agents was the one who leaked this information to the DOJ so they can get involved or whatever, um, we still have to point out that no matter what their plight is in the country they're coming from, they're skipping the line, they're cheating the system, and they're putting a strain on a lot of different um, communities uh, across the country. And they're creating um, anger from people that are really open to immigration and open to diversity, but live in a place that already has challenges, already has homeless issues or whatever. And now um, places in their town are being turned into shelters for people who aren't even from this country, while people that live in that city who you know may have fell on hard times sleep on the streets. So once again, we'll go more into the migrant issue once again on a, another episode, but I just want to let you know where I stood in regards to that. Like, I don't care how much they're breaking the law, skipping the line, cheating the system. They shouldn't be treated like that. So, and let's stay in Texas, you know, the big <clears throat> um, anti-abortion state, you know, zero, you know, no, no cases. You can have a stillborn baby inside you and you got to take that baby to full term. You can't abort it. So, you know, whatever's going on, whatever type of infection that's going on with you or whatever, you just have to deal with or, or whatever, that, that state. So um, there's a prison guard at the Abilene prison by the name of Celia Issa. Um, she was pregnant and she was on duty and she was having, having pain. So, um, she reported it and her superior was like, oh, you just want to go home and basically ignored her pleas or whatever. And when she finally got enough medical, um, attention, the, the baby was, um, stillborn. So um, she is, she was suing um, the um, state, you know, for um, not basically, you know, protecting her, protecting her a, a, as a pregnant woman or, or whatever. And listen to this, the state of Texas said an unborn fetus don't qualify for those type of protections. So they'll make a woman have an unwanted baby. They'll make a woman carry a stillborn baby to term no matter what 
adverse health effects it has on the woman's body. But if a job, a state job, um, is negligent and getting proper care for a pregnant woman while on duty, she does. Their basic, their position is her on uh, her her unborn baby don't have any rights. So I, I don't know who's keeping score at home, but this is a state where rights for a fetus start at conception, but rights for a dead fetus that was probably the result of negligence of an employer don't have any rights. And this is all um, within the same state. So, um, I, you know, I'm not telling you to be for or against. I just feel like a lot of time, no, all of the time, what women do with their body is nobody's business other than who whose business they make it a part of. Um, you know, definitely, you know, talk, um, talking with the guy in regards to what they want to do or whatever, but that's about as far as I'm going to go in regards to anything a woman should do, you know, in regards to her body. And the fact that so many old white men, um, just insist on having this hundred percent control over a, a woman's uterus that that's just weird to me so um once again man um you know i, like, I know a lot of y'all like to do your own research it's Celia isa and she was working at the abilene state prison in texas and west texas and and that was her ordeal oh man great to be back hope you enjoy um, our, our first show back promise you that we'll be on um, a lot more regularly, but like I said, will be more issue driven. Um, where I want people listening to be more proactive in their state governments, to with emails and phone calls, um, and letters and different things like that in regards to where you would like your community and, and your state to be. Um, and I'm not saying not to vote um, is just so much going on in between elections and between, especially between national and major state elections that um, a lot of times I feel like a lot of progressives are playing from behind. So that's my time. Be sure to check out Life and Love, Talking with E blackmail podcast as well as the encourage and inspire podcast as well but this is your boy scott and this is politrick see you next time peace